Welcome to Park Ave Baptist Church Podcast. A weekly broadcast of our Sunday sermon. I'm Himra Chanel, pastor of community engagement and stewardship. And I'm Darcy Jarrett, pastor of worship, advocacy, and arts. Park Ave is a bold, inclusive, and creative community where everyone is welcome. We uplift voices and identities that are marginalized elsewhere. We affirm all ethnicities, racial identities, ages, socioeconomic groups, gender identities, and sexual orientations because we hold to a theology that refuses to other anyone. At Park Ave, our leadership model is non-hierarchical. And we practice an open pulpit where you will hear a multiplicity of theologically trained voices from different backgrounds and social locations. We don't just preach and talk about deconstructing systems and structures of power. We We practice practice it. Through this podcast, we hope you will be inspired, encouraged, and challenged. Listen Listen with with us now. Park Avenue Baptist Church, in response to COVID-19, has suspended in-person worship, but that can't stop us. What you'll hear on this podcast is a recording of our online worship, which happens each Sunday at 10 a.m. Join us through our Facebook, at Park Ave Baptist, or our Instagram, at Park Ave Baptist. We hope that you stay safe in these difficult times. All right, all right. Good morning, young saints, young saints of all ages. I see one of my favorite young saints in the house. Hey, Luis. Glad to see everybody here. See the Sanders, young peoples. Hey, hey. So today we are going to be looking at a story in the Bible, and it's actually one of the most important stories in the entire Bible. And it's a time when the Israelites, God's people, were stuck in a land where they were being treated very, very badly. So these people, the Israelites, were being forced by the people in charge to work constantly, and they weren't allowed to rest and they were treated really violently. The Israelites were sometimes hurt and killed by the people in charge. It just was a terrible, terrible place where they were living. They were not being taken care of well, and they were not safe. And so these people were crying out to God and saying, this is terrible, Um, bad things keep happening to us, can you please help? And God hears them, and God comes close to them, And God sends Moses and his brother Aaron to lead these people out of this dangerous place and bring them into a safe place for them to live. So God gets them free and he begins to take them on this long journey where they are walking and walking and walking. And at first they're so excited because they're leaving Egypt and they're leaving the dangerous place. And they're like, yeah, God is awesome. God is good. We're about to have a great party. And then they keep walking and walking and they start to get a little tired. Has anyone ever gone on a long walk with mom or dad and they walk a little bit longer than you want to and you start to get a little tired, your legs get tired and maybe you start to get a little bit hungry and you start to complain and you say, mama, I'm so hungry. When are we gonna get home and eat? Or mama, my legs are tired. Can you pick me up? This is what happens with the Israelites. They start to get really hungry and they start to complain. And they say, we're not having a good time anymore. We're exhausted and we're starving. Maybe God doesn't care about us. Maybe God wants us to die because we're just so hungry out here on this crazy long walk. So they start to forget. 
they were really excited and they thought God was so wonderful and they were so glad for how God was taking care of them. But over time, when they got hungry and they got tired, they started to forget what they had just kind of known about God a little bit before that. And one of my favorite things about this story is when God hears them complaining, when God hears them saying, we're starving, we're hungry, we're tired, we wanna go back to the bad place because we're so tired of walking. God doesn't get mad at them. And God doesn't say, you guys are all being brats, cut it out, knock it off, or I'm not gonna listen to you until you stop whining. God doesn't do any of that. Instead, God is really, really loving and really, really kind to these people. And God sends them a reminder. When they start to forget what God is like, God sends them a reminder. God tells Moses, he says, tell all of the people that I can hear you, that I am close to you, and I'm going to give you a reminder that I am the one who takes care of you. So God sends these people food. They're out in the middle of the wilderness. They've been walking and walking. There is no McDonald's in sight. There is nowhere for them to stop and get some cheap food. And God says, I got you. And God sends them birds that they can cook and eat every single evening. And every single morning when these people wake up, there is this little substance all around them that they called manna. All of my young saints at home, can you say the word manna with me? Manna? Manna is a word that means, what the heck is this? Because these people saw this stuff and they're like, what is this that God has sent us to eat? And they tasted it and it was delicious. So every morning they had this manna to eat and every evening they had these birds that they could cook and eat because God sent them a reminder that he loves them, that God takes care of them, and that they don't have to worry about things like what they're going to eat because God is in charge of that. So what I want for all of my young saints and even some of my bigger saints to know this morning is God always sends reminders. When you get exhausted, when you get worn out, when you get run down and hungry, God sends reminders that God is with us, that God takes care of us, and that God loves us. Every single good thing in your life, whether it is a yummy meal, or if it is a beautiful tree that you see when you're out on a walk, or if it is a hug from someone who loves you, that is a reminder that God sees you, God loves you, and God cares about you and takes care of you. And you know what the really, really cool thing is? You guys get to be somebody else's reminder. When you are a loving and sweet and kind and helpful and joyful human in the world, or even when you're having a hard time and you share those things with people, you might be somebody's reminder that God is good, that God is close, and that God takes care of us. So when things get hard and we get hungry and tired, look for the reminders that God loves us, God is close to us, and God takes care of us. Amen. Can we pray together? God, we thank you so much that when we get tired and hungry and sad and lonely, that you are very close and you hear those things. And you don't get mad at us when we feel those things, but instead you send us reminders of how much you love us and how much you long to take care of us. And that God, you've called us to be those reminders for one another. So help us to love the people around us, even when it's tough,
so that we can be a reminder of your goodness in the world. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. I say. Amen, Deacon Daniel. Thank you. And Alexia is going to read our scripture for this morning. Hear now a word from Exodus 16, 2 through 15. The whole congregation of the Israelites complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the flesh pots and ate our fill of bread. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, I am going to rain bread from heaven for you, and each day the people shall go out and gather enough for that day. In that way, I will test them, whether they will follow my instructions or not. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather on other days. So Moses and Aaron said to all the Israelites, In the evening you shall know that it was the Lord who brought you out the land of Egypt. And in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your complaining against the Lord. For what we are that you complain against us. For what are we that you complain against us? And Moses said, When the Lord gives you meat to eat in the evening, and your fill of bread in the morning, because the Lord has heard the complaining that you utter against him, what are we? Your complaining is not against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, Say to the whole congregation of the Israelites, Draw near to the Lord, for the Lord has heard your complaining. And as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the Israelites, they looked toward the wilderness, and the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. The Lord spoke to Moses and said, I have heard the complaining of the Israelites. Say to them, At twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall have your fill of bread. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. In the evening quills came up and covered the camp, and in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the layer of dew lifted, there on the surface of the wilderness was a fine flaky substance, as fine as frost on the ground. When the Israelites saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, It is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. The word of God for the people of God. So do, Dr. Lisa Allen, um, we welcome you to this space um, to bless us at this time. Good morning. Uh, God's name be praised. That was beautiful, Kevin. Thank you. And I want to thank uh, Pastor Henry and Pastor Darcy for their gracious invitation and for welcoming me into all of the leadership and members of Park Avenue Baptist Church. Thank you so much uh, for uh, inviting me here this morning and uh, for being here. Uh, it is a delight and an honor to be with you all. So good to see uh, some persons I hadn't had an opportunity to see in a while, uh, including Renetta. Have some Bishop. How you been this morning? <laughs> uh, one of my former students, uh, Pastor and Ryan, one of my former students, but just uh, wonderful, wonderful uh, saints of God. Uh, uh, Deacon Daniel, I believe you were uh, looking over my shoulder when I wrote this sermon because uh, I said, oh my goodness, this is, this is right in line. I love this. This is awesome. That's how Holy Spirit works. 
and so I just want to um, pull out a couple of verses from the text that has already been read so marvelously in our hearing from uh, Exodus 16, starting at verse 9. Then Moses said to Aaron, say to the whole congregation of the Israelites, draw near to the Lord, for God has heard your complaining. And as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the Israelites, they looked toward the wilderness, and the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. The Lord spoke to Moses and said, I have heard the complaining of the Israelites. Say to them, at twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall have your fill of bread. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. In the evening, quails came up and covered the camp, and in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the layer of dew lifted, there on the surface of the wilderness was a fine, flaky substance as fine as frost on the ground. When the Israelites saw it, they said to one another, what is it? But they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, it is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. Again, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. And just for a few moments uh, in this series, Drowning Out the Noise, I want to preach on the subject, a song of gratitude. A song of gratitude. How many of us as children loved our mothers or our grandmothers cooking? Or maybe it was your father or your grandfather who was the chef in the family. And what did they prepare for us to eat? If your family was like mine uh, and your mother or father cooked like mine did, uh, you were gonna have a meat, one or two vegetables and a starch. Uh, very seldom did we have a dessert during the week. That was a weekend treat. And my mother was a very good cook, but she was not a gourmet cook. She prepared very simple, very basic dishes. You were gonna get baked chicken, fried pork chops, meatloaf, uh, hamburger, pot roast, uh, green beans, snapped, not out of the can. Somebody ought to say hallelujah. Uh, okra, corn, collards, turnip greens from somebody's garden, not from Del Monte or Green Giant say amen, saints. Uh, you might have mac and cheese, rice, potatoes. This was every evening, every single evening. And my mother uh, taught school for a living. So she wasn't home all day. She would come home and do this. Um, and it was good. It was hearty. It was filling. You know, you didn't have to scrape the burnt places off. And rarely did you have to add any seasoning. But as tasty as my mother's food was, when fast food restaurants began to populate my hometown of Jackson, Mississippi, I was intrigued by them. Uh, we'd always had McDonald's, uh, but because my family didn't particularly care for McDonald's, we didn't frequent it much. My dad did like Jack's. I don't know if any of you remember Jack's. And we would go maybe once, maybe twice a month as a treat uh, to Jack's hamburgers. My mom liked uh, KFC, or as it was known then, Kentucky Fried Chicken. And some Sundays we would go there, especially if we had to get back to our church for an evening program. And then as the years went by, we got a Burger King, we got a Wendy's, and I will never forget when Popeye's Chicken debuted in Jackson, Mississippi. The line literally was wrapped around the building twice for an entire month. 
Um, and the older I got, the more often we would go, not because my mother stopped cooking, but I was old enough to ask, can we stop by Popeye's? Or I might sing, love that chicken from Popeye's. That was the old, that was the original slogan. Um, and when I got in high school, we would drive right past it. So a lot of times on the way home, my dad, uh, who taught at the high school where I went, we would stop by Popeye's. And the more I ate fast food, the less inclined I was to want my mom's cooking. Now, there were some things that she cooked that it wouldn't have mattered what else I had been offered. I would eat what she had cooked. But on the average day, if somebody offered me fast food, I'd choose that. And my mom might say, well, I made meatloaf or I baked chicken or I made some fresh green beans. And I said, nah, I'll just have a burger. Nah, we're going to stop by Popeye's. And then what was strange was, as I continued to do that, when I couldn't get the fast food, either because, you know, my dad said, well, no, we're not stopping today, or no, we don't have money for that today, I would get upset. Now, of course, you know, I grew up in the era where you didn't talk back, you didn't say anything to your parents, but yes, ma'am, and yes, sir. Uh, and so I would keep that in, but in my mind, I'm thinking, dog, why we can't go by Popeye's today? God, you know, and I would complain a little, you know, in my head, I would complain, shoot, I don't want to go home and eat that food. And my mother would say to me, child, you don't know what's good. You can't remember what's really good for you. And in our text for today, the Israelites are complaining again. Have, I mean, is that not a thing? throughout the Hebrew scriptures, they just complain. They're in the wilderness, they've left Egypt, and they're worried again about their survival. Now this always puzzles me because I don't know how anybody watches uh, an, a, a whole sea be divided and you walk through on ground, dry land, but you're, you're wor you forget that. That goes out of your mind and you forget how God has brought you out. But this time, they're worried about food. They've left the place where they now feel they had plenty. And they're in the wilderness where they think they have nothing. And once again, what do they do? They complain to Moses. If only we had died by the hand of the Lord in Egypt when we sat by the flesh pots and ate our fill of bread, you have brought us out all 12,722 of us, you have brought all of us out uh, into this wilderness to kill us with hunger. Now, they've been brought out of slavery, out of oppression, out from under the whip of their cruel taskmasters. But just like last week, and the week before that, and the week before that, and the week before that, they respond to their situation with a longing for the land that they've left. And they are mourning their own liberation. If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt, at least there we had meat and as much bread as we wanted to eat. That's a human response if I've ever heard one. Even though Egypt was filled with horrible brutality, horrible oppression, they are longing for it because they are hungry. And you know what hunger will do for you. Actually, they were hangry. You all know that term, hungry and angry. But here, 
Moses does not answer them, but God actually responds to their complaints. God tells Moses, I'm going to rain bread from heaven for you, and each day the people shall go out and gather enough food for that day. Like uh, Deacon Daniel said in the children's moment, God does not criticize or critique the Israelites for wanting food. Instead, God immediately responds in God's loving, generous manner by fulfilling the Israelites' need for food. And not by sending them back into bondage, but by graciously and generously giving them what they need, bread. And not any old bread, but bread from heaven. And quail. That's why we love chicken so much. It's biblical. I, I mean, I, I uh, wholeheartedly, you know, affirm folk who are vegetarian, God bless you in your ministry. But there's nothing like that gospel bird. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, but look at what God says next. In that way, I will test them whether they will follow my instruction or not. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather on other days. God is testing the Israelites. For what purpose? God says to see whether they will follow God's instructions. So God is going to give them what they ask for, but it will be a way of seeing whether the Israelites have learned anything from what they have asked or how God has met their needs. We're talking about drowning out the noise. Then Moses says to Aaron, say to the whole congregation, draw near to the Lord, for God has heard your complaining. And Aaron speaks to the congregation, and uh, the glory of the Lord appears in the cloud, and God speaks to Moses. I've heard the complaining. Twilight, you'll eat meat. In the morning, you'll have your fill of bread, and you shall know that I'm the Lord. Not because I brought you up out of slavery, horrible brutality, and oppression. Not because I've been with you through this whole journey. Not because I kept Pharaoh's army from getting to you. Not because I let you walk across the sea on dry land. But because I'm now giving you what you asked for, I'm feeding you. And so it happens. And when the, when the manna falls, uh, as Deacon Daniel said, they look at it. And that's why it's called manna for man who, what is it? And, and Moses says, it's what you asked for. Sometimes we don't even recognize, hey, we don't even recognize the blessing that we ask. You ask, this is what you ask for. Because we're so busy complaining. Because the noise that continually surrounds us keeps us from hearing and seeing. And when you get to be my age, you have to turn down the noise so you can see. So God meets the needs of the Israelites and meets it instantaneously. God sends meat in the evening, quail so many they covered the camp, and manna in the morning. Uh, what is it, manna? God answers their need in a new and marvelous way, sending them meat and bread, bread from heaven they had never before experienced. And how did God send these provisions? Daily. God sends these provisions daily so they can know the difference between the food they had in Egypt, food they had to earn by the sweat of their brow, full of anxiety about whether it would be enough, food they got in the midst of their oppression, and food they probably hoarded to make sure there would be enough for the next day in case their taskmasters decided not to provide any. 
But here, God is showing them that while they are pining away for what was, yearning for what was in the past, for the food they received in anxiety, oppression, food they had to hoard was now being replaced with good food that was being provided fresh daily. So they didn't have to worry. They didn't have to bear the lash to get it. They didn't have to hold on just in case there wouldn't be any for the next day. In fact, God gives them instructions that they are to gather only what they need for that day. They cannot gather too much. If they try to hoard it, to keep it overnight, it will spoil and be inedible. God is teaching them that they are to rely only on God not on Egypt, not on self-sufficiency. That's noise that we hear all the time too. Work, 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 or you will not have. Busy, 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 busy yourself, or you will not be able to live. But it is not by our own hands that we survive, that we thrive. It's by God's grace. It was God who brought them out of Egypt, not Pharaoh or Moses or themselves. It was God who saved them from Pharaoh at the Reed Sea and made for them to walk across on dry ground, not Pharaoh or Moses or themselves. And it's God who provides enough food daily for their survival in the wilderness. And to teach them this, to continue developing them, God uses this provision as a test to see whether they will obey God's instructions as to how they are to gather, they don't. Whether they will try to hoard the provision, they do. And whether they will keep Sabbath without gathering on that day, they don't. As we see in the rest of the chapter, they try to hoard the manna and it spoils. They go out on the Sabbath looking for manna that isn't there. Even though God told them, I'm giving you enough the day before so you can rest. So you can rest on the Sabbath like I do. And even though Moses gets angry with the people, God continues to send quail and manna until eventually the people get it. They didn't know what was good because of all the noise of their complaining, drowning out God's provisions. God had to show them develop them until they understood that God's provision, God's bread from heaven, God's home cooking, if you will, is the true nourishment. Friends, we've experienced some very difficult times within the past several months. Even with whatever personal issues or struggles we may have had, we now have had to deal with, uh, since March and maybe before with a global pandemic that has affected all of us, if not physically, certainly emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. Some of us have had loved ones to die from COVID-19. Others of us have suffered from the virus ourselves. Add to that, as Pastor Henry said earlier, this constant news cycle that for many of us has been depressing and for some of us infuriating. We've experienced the deaths of well-known celebrities, civil rights icons, and now a Supreme Court justice who had at her heart the rights of all people. 
And we've seen and experienced the deaths of black women and men at the hands of vigilantes, some who swore oaths to protect and to serve. We have so much we could complain about, and rightfully so. We have so many questions that I believe we have a right to ask God about, whether we receive what we think is a suitable response or not. Noise, noise, noise. But we also have much that we can be thankful to God for. In the midst of all we have endured this past year, we are still here. In the midst of COVID-19 and the ensuing economic strain it has placed on many of us, God has continued to provide. We may not have eaten filet mignon, but oh, bless the name of the Lord, we did have something to eat drowning out the noise. We may have had to move in with other people, but thanks be to God, we had a roof over our heads. We may have had physical illness, but we had a modicum of help. I'm not making light of anyone's struggles, but God has been faithful. Somebody ought to bless the name of the Lord. It may not have looked like what we wanted it to be, or what we thought was fair, but God has been faithful. For that reason, I can sing a song of gratitude. For that reason, the noise that continually would assault me, I can push to the side as I'm singing my song of gratitude. Thank you, Lord. George Floyd, my husband's first cousin, was murdered. There have been protests and riots, and now we deal with partisan politics that don't seem to be befitting, benefiting any of us who follow the way of Jesus. But in the midst of that, my husband and his family have begun the George Floyd Memorial Foundation that seeks to right some of the wrongs of racist practices that have had negative effects on black persons and other persons of color since time immemorial. I can say, thank you, Lord. I can say, a song of gratitude that I still have the right to vote and I can vote my conscience. Thank you, Lord. I could spend all my time complaining about all the time I spend on Zoom meetings or classes, or I can sing a song of gratitude that Zoom even exists. And I have a job that allows me to work remotely. I can say, thank you, Lord. I can complain that I can't see my whole family at one time or travel the ways I once did, or I can choose to sing a song of gratitude that I got a new grandbaby and can see her fairly regularly because her family and I practice isolation and social distancing. Thank you, Lord. This noise that continually assaults us, sometimes it comes from us and sometimes it comes from other well-meaning folk who call us to to talk and to vent and, and, and we begin to get into these cycles of complaining and before we know it, we're depressed, we're angry, we're anxious. When people do that, simply say, I invite you into a space of singing a song of gratitude. Rather than hearing the noise of complaint, let's sing a song of praise to our God that whatever the situation has been, God has been faithful, God has been with us, God has kept us, God has sustained us. Oh, I bless the name of the Lord for all that God has done, is doing, and will continue to do. No, it, 
it, it, it doesn't look like what I want it to look like. But I'm not in charge of what it looks like. What I am called to do is to walk into the purpose for which God has placed me here. To do my best to work so that God's justice and righteousness will be present. And I can do that while singing my song of gratitude. I invite each of us, even in the midst of lament, to sing a song of gratitude. Whether we felt like we've been in the wilderness, whether we've had any idea of when we might come out of it, because even in the wilderness, God provides. Amen. Amen. Ashe, 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 oh! Ashe, amen. Thank you for listening to the Park Avenue Baptist Church podcast. If you'd like to worship with us in person, our services are on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m.-ish. We are at 486 Park Ave in Southeast Atlanta, across the street from Grant Park, at the corner of Park Ave and Sydney Street. To find out more about us or get in touch, visit our website at parkavebaptist.com. Now go into a world that is too often unjust. Knowing that the God that created you loves you. And empowers you to love boldly, live inclusively. And serve creatively. Creatively.